This podcast is a discussion of Christian devotionals and self-help books, and is intended for entertainment purposes only. The ideas discussed on this podcast are adult-themed and come with a blanket trigger warning. The intent of this podcast is not to attack any person who uses or gifts the materials under discussion, nor is it intended as a critique of the author. Rather, it is the ideas and messages we feel are being expressed in the materials that are being reviewed and examined with expletives. Welcome back to Goddamn Devotionals. I'm JR. And this is JP. And welcome to another episode. I think we're back on track today with Lisa Bevere. With Lisa Bevere. Adamant. Adamant. <laughs> yes. Fifth chapter today, titled Adamant That We Love. This one seems to be an exhortation to love others. I feel like she's been building up to this. <laughs> it only took her five, four chapters. But <laughs> this chapter. In addition to our normal introduction, connection, clarification, application, and closing prayer sections, has a bonus example section, which should have examples in it. Yay, because she's been so clear on all of her examples up to this point with intimate rocks and people being rocks and... Holes somewhere in there. Yeah. (laughs) So... Now lean into this one, folks. All right. Introduction section. This week has a double feature. The first story is about a time that Lisa went on a trip to Iraq and Dubai to uh, visit slash support a great white savior missionary that lived and ministered there. Because what successful influencer has not been to Dubai? (laughs) (laughs) You gotta go somewhere to spend the money of your ministry. This missionary um, who works there apparently works at lighting up the faces of poor non-English speaking peoples. One of those faces that gets lit up is a young girl who only has one eye. This is not sounding good already. (laughs) Now, Lisa makes a connection with the girl because Lisa herself only has one working eye, right? So she decides she's going to make this big grand gesture and buy this girl an eye. Okay, um, that opens up so many questions. I'm going to assume like a glass, a glass eye, eye. Yes. yes, because yeah. otherwise I go, like all right, if this is Iraq or Dubai, what market is she shopping in? <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, so yeah, she buys this girl an eye. You know, what? This is, this is amazing love that has been exhibited in this story. Very magnanimous. Yes. I mean, this girl with her new eye has been elevated to the level of, quote, princess status. Because she has a glass eye? Because she now has a, two eyes. Okay. I was just thinking, like, okay, so if Even you can sense a, a pee, like, at the bottom of 20 mattresses, or you have a glass eye, you know, this is a new... Qualifications new for qualification princess. for princesshood. <laughs> I, I can't wait for Disney to get on board. <laughs> So, uh, this girl gets her new eye, thanks to Lisa, you know, buying an eye for her, and Lisa is just absolutely humbled by God's love for Lisa, as shown through Lisa buying the eye for this girl. The message that she is trying to shoehorn the story into is is been just twisted all out of proportion. So far, Lisa's wheelhouse has convoluted, so she's on track yeah. right now. The whole point is that This is God at work, through Lisa. Therefore, Lisa doesn't take credit for anything except letting God work through her. (sighs) The humility. (laughs) 
Good on her. Good on her. <laughs> so now we get a second story. Um, bonus content. Yeah, this is the, the second of our double feature here. So the second story details the strained relationship that has existed between Lisa and her mother. Now, Lisa isn't defensive anymore towards her mom about mistakes that have been made and things that have been said. She used to be. I mean, she admits to and owns that she's made mistakes in her relationship with her mom. You know, she's not blameless. I'm sure that took a lot of effort and growth for her. In fact, she ends the story by declaring that she should have loved her mom better and sooner and shouldn't have held on to the hurt for so long. And in classic fashion, based on the first four chapters... I do not get the connection between the two examples. <laughs> All right, well, let's go out of the connection section then and see if we can match it up. For the connection section, we have to remember that people are not good examples of what love is. We can't take our example of love from people. Let me guess, Jesus? Ah, oh, you beat me to the punch. Sorry, sorry, I just, I've been to Sunday school. <laughs> yes, God is the only good example of really real love. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. that, that answered that question. Right? We've so. <laughs> trying to figure that one out for a while. Damn. <laughs> this is profound. Yes, now you know the truth. You cannot look at somebody who says they love you and who treats you as if they love you as if they really love you. Because that's not real love. No, it's true. Okay, gotcha. I'm making it much more clear, aren't I? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's let's see if the clarification section will will help clarify this. Uh, what's been going on here? Love does not equal approval, <laughs> and vice versa. <laughs> approval does not mean that you love somebody. Love does love not... somebody doesn't mean that you have to approve of them. Okay. I mean, like, I'm sort of on board with that as far as like, yeah, there's people in your life that. You may not agree with decisions they make, but you still care about them. Absolutely. Right. But she's not talking about agreement about mm. indecision. She's talking about approval of decisions. Oh. This is the whole, like, love the sin, hate the sinner argument of right. I can say that I love you and still act like I hate you because well, you've made choices that I don't approve of. It's This is usually the stuff that people go, I'm going to preface this with, I'm not judging you. But, and you go, yeah. oh, I feel the love right now. <laughs> so, so on that note, Lisa spends a bunch of time totally bad-mouthing the church for not loving people the way that they should be loving people. That's an easy target. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, the church extends approval to people who sin, but they shouldn't be extending that approval to people who sin because that's not true love. So she's throwing her target audience under the bus in the same breath of telling them what to do. We don't approve of you, mm -hmm. but the church, capital C, and America, capital A, seems to have accepted you into their arms and welcomed you into their congregation oh. without making you change your lifestyle I, okay. and therefore has signaled approval of your lifestyle through acceptance. Okay. And that's not really real love. Okay. I, I've been in this small group. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what she's driving at. Moving to the application section, because we all need to know what to do with this definition of love that doesn't include approval. Mm-hmm. How do I apply this? How do you apply this? this? My life? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I can't wait. <laughs> Woo. 
Please so, don't have to be like a three-part instructional. <laughs> I think there, I think there might be. First of all, love others as God loves you. Now, what that really means in this section is that you should quote love without regard to boundaries, wisdom, restraints, or health. And by love, Lisa means serve. So you should serve people without regard to any sort of boundaries that you might have, any thoughts of whether this is the smart thing to actually be doing, whether you should put any restraints on time or energy or anything like that that's given, or your own personal health, whether can I actually do this or not, shouldn't matter. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've already, I've lived some of that where you go, I have unapologetically and if I could go back in time would totally apologize for totally overstepping my bounds into somebody else's life to try and quote-unquote help them or serve them but also way overextending myself in service whether it's in a church or a parachurch organization towards burnout this is not a good example of love at all it's it's usually self-serving of how do you love people? You serve them. Serve, 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 serve. Just give, 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 give. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter whether it's practical. It doesn't matter whether you can afford to. It doesn't matter whether you have the time to. It doesn't matter whether there's other things that you should actually be doing, such as working, spending time with your family, um, taking care of people who are well, dependent upon you. It generally ends up turning into an outward expression of service where you end up serving where you are not needed or wanted at the expense of serving sometimes your own family. Like her own example of saying she didn't love her mom enough. I go, well, it's great that you were in Dubai or Iraq, but if you could have been helping your own family in your own backyard, I feel like maybe go and spend some time on your own family and life before you go out and try and drum up illustrations (laughs) for your next book. Yeah, now you're getting into the whole... (laughs) Is ministry actually ministry, or is this ministry just self-serving? We'll save that for later. That's a book in and of itself. Um, You serve, 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 because works without love is meaningless. So do the good things, right? But don't just do the good things. Do them with the right motivation attached. Mm -hmm. Don't just serve because you have to. Serve because you want to. Now, my family really emphasized this growing up. Mm -hmm. It was, you do it, you do it right away, and you do it with a goddamn smile on your fucking face. Because Mm -hmm. if not, then you won't get the blessings from God because he'll know that you have a bad attitude about it. Somehow, having a bad attitude just... Negates the whole... Negates God. God goes, well, thanks for doing it, but I know you did it with a bad attitude, so fuck you, you're not getting anything from me. (laughs) (laughs) Also, third thing here it's in this application. It's a dirty job, but don't complain about it. Exactly. <laughs> I require a lot of uh, from you, more than you can give me, actually. And instead of thanking you for it, I'm going to tell you, um, yeah, try again, but well, this time with a good attitude. Well, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole goal here is to live for others, not for you. Yep. Love your enemies, according to Lisa, especially if that enemy is your husband. Well, goes back to, like, but, avoiding all self-care in these books. Yes. Yeah, no, the whole point is don't take care of yourself. Take care of others first. Time for the bonus section. Examples. Lisa puts forward as an example her relationship between herself and her husband, John. This is an example uh, of the, the kind ideal. of... 
Yes. And <laughs> it's ideal because this is the kind of choice-driven love that you should also aspire to. Oh, no. Yeah. I, sorry. It, it's, she's already used him and their relationship as an example at least one other time, and it made me mad. So I'm going to just kind of brace. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, that's all I have for you right now. Other oh, okay. She makes it very clear that love between a husband and wife is a choice, not a feeling. And that choice is what you should aspire to. Not feeling love for somebody. You should choose to love them. So this couples nicely with the earlier chapter where you choose to love someone else and then you own them. And they choose to love you, and then they get to own you. That's the whole ring thing, is we are owning each this other. This is very contractual. Yes. Yeah. 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 Or as, they, as a good Christian would say, it's covenantal. Covenantal. <laughs> <laughs> so, the other thing that I shoehorned in here in the example section, because I didn't really have anywhere else to put it, but I thought it was... Very entertaining that this minister who uses a lot of social media and a lot of technology starts on this huge rant about social media as being potentially bad and evil. Maybe not entirely so, but regardless, it would be so much better if we could all just go back to the old-fashioned, better ways of staying in touch with people. Yes. Like like phone calls. I need... Why why go back to phone calls? Like, that would be your cell phone. You need to go to a wall phone. Wall phones are too impersonal. Let's go back to stationary or writing desk. Why stop at actual (laughs) phones? Why not go back to, like, going over to somebody's house for tea every day? Yeah. Like, why are we... Why are we stopping there? Just write letters, goddammit. Yeah, I was going to say, is that this, <laughs> this grass letters. is always greener argument when Christians, or I'll, I'll even, I won't even nail it on Christmas, just but the idea of like fundamentalism comes into the play, and it's always, instead of the grass is greener over there, it's, it was a better, more idyllic age back in some uncertain time where, but if you really look at that specific or, or uncertain time, it was absolutely ridiculous how many bad things that were improved by moving forward with technology. Today's technology is bad, but yesterday's technology was, it was better. It ideal. It, it, yeah. Like, because, you know, today's technology could be used for bad, but letter writing could never be used for bad. Oh, like, gosh, no. Like, <laughs> you could never misconstrue <laughs> words written on a page. Oh, no, never. <laughs> no one's never misinterpreted a text. <laughs> No. Apparently there's a whole art to letter writing. I'm... Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's the example section. Let's, let's, let's finish with our closing prayer. I'm sorry. Just before that, we're all rocks and we should get rid of social media. Or at least it's bad. <laughs> this Potentially is, I love bad, this book. yes. Yes. You get all sorts of great messaging in here. So closing prayer is that we would choose to do what God makes God happy, not what makes us happy. Please, God, help me make you happy and ignore my own needs. Uh-huh. I will be Amen. so much happier if I'm miserable. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the whole idea. <laughs> It'll make me happy to make other people happy, even if I'm empty inside. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> people love to see an empty shell of a person walking around going, can I do anything for you? <laughs> I'm just here to serve. I know I'm nearly broke and I'm exhausted and I haven't slept in weeks, but is there anything else you need from me? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, folks. On that note, 
we're going to close it out for the episode. Took a little bit longer on this one. I think the um, was a bit more added of... section. Yeah, there was you know, bonus added, content added this little, one. a little time on there for you. <laughs> Hopefully you all enjoyed it. And, um, and on that note, we're going we're to close it out. Thanks for joining us on this uh, masochistic journey. We'll see you next time. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> uh, contact information is in the show notes. Um, if you want to send us stories about service and, you know... The last time you overextended yourself because you thought that was going to make God, God happy. happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Bye.